0: hey what's up this is john sablon man on fire from john sablon.com and i welcome to you to another episode of true faith real talk I'm excited today for today's segment just because I welcome one of my uh, brothers in Christ to talk about a key topic that everybody's really concerned about, and that's discernment. Uh, this, the person I'm about to bring on is uh, the Director of Resource Development for Life Teen. He's an author, he's a speaker, he's an evangelist. Uh, his most recent book is True North, a road for, Roadmap for Discernment. I'd like to welcome to the video series, Joel Stepanik. Hey, brother.
1: Hey, what's up, John? How's it going, man? Good Good to see you.
0: Good to see you as well. How's the weather there in Phoenix? Actually, this
1: morning it was 30 degrees. It was below freezing in (laughs) Phoenix this morning. It's nicer now. It's like in
0: the lower 60s, but by Christmas, 72 and sunny, so perfect. (laughs) Nice, nice. Well, in California, we're experiencing the same thing, so it's good uh, good to share that piece with you. So, Hey Joe, for my viewers uh, who may not be familiar with your work, I know you've got the day job as director for resource de- for resource development for LightTeen International. But you also do obviously travel and speak and are an author. Maybe you can give them a little bit of a, a background on your your bio.
1: Yeah, so I'm really blessed to be able to serve uh, in the Lord's vineyard in a couple different ways. I started out as a youth minister in. Uh, right out of college. And since then, I work for Life Team. Uh, we put together youth ministry resources for parishes that help them do youth ministry. Uh, and then recently, probably the past four years, I've been really honored to be able to go around as a itinerant minister and speak and evangelize uh, all across the United States and the world. And so I've written a couple of books, Greatest Job on Earth, which is a book about youth ministry, and then True North, A Roadmap for Discernment. And I got a couple other projects uh, in the pipeline right now that I'm, I'm pretty excited about. But those are the two that are out there so yeah it's it's just fun work and every day's an adventure and uh, I can't complain about any of that right. um, I've got two kids uh, Elijah's 3 Sophia's 2 they are wild uh, my wife Colleen and I've been married for almost 6 years and uh, she's my partner partner in the adventure so yeah, just a adventurous life and a blessed life.
0: Well, wonderful. Well, just for, for my viewers, I was able to uh, minister with Joel down in the Diocese of Fresno at Youth Day. And I also got to witness him just as a participant um, on a big stage out at World Youth Day in Poland, where uh, Joel was on stage with Bishop Barron, Matt Marr, Audrey Assad, um, giving the keynote there for uh, the United States Conference. So that was really a, a blessing to be able to kind of see you in action, and you've, you're doing some great work out there, brother. So <clears throat> let's talk about... Uh, The concept, the idea, the challenge of discernment. Um, You know, this is something that I think speaks to the hearts of, you know, young, old, uh, single, married, um, those who are in in religious uh, life versus those who aren't, those of us like you and I who uh, are in ministry, who are traveling around, you know, what is God calling me to, right? You know, the the two key questions that I think, uh, and you travel around, I travel around, that Mm -hmm. I hear from most people is, um, who am I? And what is my purpose, right? So you have this identity thing and, and, and you know, we see that, that crisis that we're experiencing in the culture. Um, but also, you know, to, to understand that we are children of God and that we are all created with unique purpose and mission that only you or I can fulfill. So there's only one Joel Stepanik in the entire created cosmos and there's only one John Stablon. And so we have a specific mission that God is calling us to. So once you get that, that's the first part of the, the challenge. That next part is, okay, Lord, what is it you're calling me to? So I wanted to, to use this segment to talk about discernment in, in particular.
1: Yeah, it, it's been so much fun learning about that and it, because it's a part of – it's a necessary part of everybody's spiritual journey, asking what is it that God wants for me? Because it's built right on a couple presuppositions which you, you walked through. Like if God created me and God loves me, I assume God wants my happiness and my fulfillment, but – how do I figure out what that is? Because we've all had experiences where we've found something where like, Oh, that would really make me happy. And then it totally doesn't. And then we've had other moments where we've like, man, I want to know what God wants for me, but how do I even figure that out? Because I don't know about you, John, I've never had like the Lord just give me a sign like in thunder and lightning of like, this is what you're supposed to do. But we really want that, you know, like at the, Mm -hmm. I think everybody would love just a sign. And so discernment is at the heart of every person's spiritual journey, whether we know it or not, mm-hmm. because we're making decisions. And ultimately we have to be making decisions that lead us to heaven. And that's, that's the big goal of discernment, which a
0: lot of people miss is it's our holiness. Mm-hmm. Right. That And you know, I, I think of first Thessalonians chapter four, verse three, right? This is the will of God, your sanctification. Mm. And that, that, that idea of hey, God is calling you to a higher calling. And whenever, um, you know, I, I, you bring up the, the challenge of us trying to figure out where we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do in life. And I think uh, the challenge, I know I'm dealing with this myself, right? I mean, I'm, I've got a, a day job as a technology executive, and mm-hmm. I've got this whole public ministry that I'm working on with, whether it be producing videos or out there doing conferences or retreats, and trying to figure out, Lord, where are you calling me to, right? I can't do everything. And, and what is it that I, I need to be, of course, a beloved child first. I'm, I'm married. I have you know, my beloved wife, Nicole, and I've got three beautiful children. So I'm a husband. I'm a father. Um, I'm in the permanent diaconate process. That's something that God is calling me to at this moment. So God willing, three years from now, I'll be ordained as a permanent deacon for the church. So you know, that just didn't hit me. As you said, I didn't get knocked off my horse or you know, all of a sudden God speaking to me in a real vocal way to say, you're going to go do this. Right. So, what are some tips, um, you know, based on even what you wrote in uh, True North for some of our viewers out there of what's those first steps towards discernment? And then, how do I kind of wrestle with these things? How do I know what's good versus what's not good? What's a calling from God? Because emotions get in the way, right? Um, Mm I guess there's things that we we, we may do that we want to uh, project our will onto God's will. Right. And, and say, call that. Well, that, see, God's calling me to that. Right. Right. Or, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or, or the, the exact opposite would be those who say, well, if it's really God's plan, it'll just drop in my lap and then don't mm-hmm. do anything to truly discern. Just think, well, if, it, if it's God's will, it'll happen. Um, and, and, and that's partially true. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a play in that discernment process. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the, the process in and of itself of how you can walk and, and, and really try to understand and discern what God's call is in each of our lives.
1: Yeah, I think every person who's listening or watching would if you took a second uh, wherever you're at, whether you pull out your iPhone or you got a piece of paper, you know, just think about how many decisions you make in a day. Um, don't write them all down, but maybe just kind of jot down for later on. Like go through your day and think of how many decisions you make and then ask yourself what kind of decision maker are you? So discernment is a really specific way of making decisions that are focused on what does God want for my life and are ordered to like that one big thing we talked about, what's going to get me to heaven? What's going to help me be holy? That's the big goal. But knowing how we function in decision-making is really going to be beneficial to knowing what gets in the way of us discerning God's will. So I think the first step is actually to clear away two things, one of which is to say, how do I make decisions? And is it a healthy way to make decisions. You know, like you had said, sometimes we're like, well, this is my will. So that must be God's will, or I'm not going to make the decision. I'll just sit back and see what happens. And we have to be aware of like those bad habits because they're going to come up Mm -hmm. in our discernment process. And we're going to wrestle with that. The next really great thing, which I love about the Catholic church and the history that we have is that we've had saints and spiritual like Titans, who (laughs) have gone before us that came up with the process and the way to do this. Now, there's lots of ways you can discern a decision. Uh, what I based the book True North off of was these rules written by St. Ignatius Loyola. Mm-hmm. And this guy, I mean, his story is fantastic. So total uh, total knight figure, uh, Loved to date, loved to be revered, loved to be affirmed, mm-hmm. had these visions of glory in his head. And he actually was a really great warrior. So uh, at one particular battle, he his bravery rallied his men against impossible odds. They wound up losing the battle only because he was injured. Like his leg got hurt. And that's what made his guys give up. Not the fact that they had no hope of winning, but when Ignatius went down, they were like, ah, it's over. There's, <laughs> there's no way that we can, we can go on. He's down, you know? Um, but while he was healing, he didn't have anything really to read or to do. And so he just had a book about the lives of the saints and a book about the life of Christ. And he realized that as he, read through these things different emotions came up in him like when he thought about being a great knight he felt excited by that Mm. but then that that feeling like faded it went away Mm -hmm. Uh, but when he thought about what it'd be like to be a saint like he was reading about like he would get excited by that but that feeling wouldn't fade and so over time he realized that there (laughs) are these different emotions that came up in him and he responded different ways to different thoughts or feelings or situations and Eventually, he wound up using these experiences to write down what he calls rules for discernment. They're part of a retreat called the Spiritual Exercises. Mm-hmm. So if some of the hardcore viewers out there are like, I have made a 30-day silent retreat with the Spiritual Exercises, and that's great for you. Uh, <laughs> but it's a, it's a spiritual classic that anybody can pick up and read. So that's the place to start is these rules for discernment.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what do you, let's, let's talk about the when you apply discernment, right? Because some people will say, okay, would it be possible to discern uh, between two things that one is good and one is evil? Is that discernment?
1: No, and that's actually the very first rule mm-hmm. of discernment is that you can never discern between something that's good and is bad. Mm-hmm. And our perception of good and bad can get distorted if we find ourselves in a life of sin. So the first two rules really relate to direction that Mm -hmm. we're going in. The first rule is if you want to discern something accurately, you have to be pointed towards heaven, because if we're discerning something in what God's will is, God wants you to be in heaven. So Mm -hmm. if we're not trying to direct our lives in that way, then everything's all backwards. Um, And within that first rule is the idea that, yeah, you can't discern between something that is bad and something that is good, there is no discernment there. You know right from wrong, and we use our conscience to do that. Like it is bad to go sell crack. There is no justif you know, there's no justification for that, right? Um, and it, it would be good to volunteer at a school. Uh, if you're discerning between those two things, being an after school drug dealer or an after school mentor, that decision's easy. <laughs> but we're talking about things that are maybe more nuanced. Like, should I volunteer after school uh, to be a mentor for you know um, youth that are at risk? Or do I take my time and actually use that to go back to school and get a graduate degree and become a counselor? I can't do both. So what thing is gonna be best for my sanctification and my journey and my holiness. Those are tougher discernments to make.
0: Right, right. Yeah, the easy one between good and evil, we, are, we should be able to dismiss that. Again, mm-hmm. this assumes there's a well-formed conscience, that you're in the state mm-hmm. of grace, and you're disposed to the graces of God to be able to, to understand that. So, Joel, what about your background and your discernment? What led you, maybe we can help our viewers understand that too, right? I mean, you haven't always been with Life Teen International. You're um, you you you're, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're an evangelist. So where where did that come to, to, to in your enlightenment and your discernment process for both of those aspects of your life?
1: I never went on a 30 day silent retreat or a 28 day silent retreat, but I did go on a six day silent retreat. Mm-hmm. And that is where I discern my calling to be exactly where I'm at right now, actually, which is pretty cool. And so I have an experience of what these discernment principles look like. But in that time, I applied some of these principles of discernment. And for me, and I think these are really practical things that anybody can use, mm-hmm. I looked at a couple of things um, as far as my life situation and where God was leading me. So I asked a couple of questions. And these are questions anybody pre- can ask. One is, do I want uh, God's will for me above all else? And that means we have to be detached from certain things. It means we have to let go of, like you said, what are my hopes and my, my wants and my will. Not that those are bad things because those sometimes do align and that's a great affirmation, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we can have a disordered pull towards something. Um, I really want this job because I know it'll make me a lot of money. I mean, I might not even be interested in the job, but I am interested in the money. And that could be something that we have to detach from. Mm-hmm. It could be a relationship that we've just become so invested in um, that we, we want it to work for marriage, but mm-hmm. that other person isn't interested. And our want for that marriage to be good or that our relationship to end in marriage actually is keeping us from realizing that God's saying, you have to get out, it's mm-hmm. not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So the, the first step is to want holiness and to be detached from anything that would lead us away from that. For me, there's a couple different principles of discernment that I applied uh, to discern ultimately taking a job with Life Team, which meant leaving my job in Wisconsin where my family is and where things were comfortable and I had a very good job as a youth minister. It meant ending a romantic relationship that I was in at the time that wasn't going to end in marriage. And uh, those were two big things that were on my heart. The method that I applied is called the third mode of discernment, mm-hmm. and basically it's like a pro and con list, but it's not a pro and con list. <laughs> um, a pro and con list is like here's the good things, here's the bad things. But like as you said earlier, John, you can't discern between a good thing and a bad thing. You can only discern between two good things. Mm-hmm. So a pro and con list basically outlines what are the spiritual advantages and what are the spiritual disadvantages to two choices. Mm-hmm. And this is like the most basic entry level thing anybody can do. The other two modes of discernment just to throw them out there are how we experience consolation and desolation. Mm-hmm. And those are a little bit more nuanced. You can read about them out of in this book called True North um, or in Ignatius' Spiritual Exercise. So you go right to the source too. <laughs> uh, or what's called just um, clarity beyond doubt. And clarity beyond doubt is basically like you just know. Uh, it happened to the disciple Matthew. When he was called in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus just walks into where he's sitting in his office and says, Follow me. And Matthew gets up and follows. He just knows. He's like, yep, that's. No discussion, no no dialogue, just let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us don't experience those things, uh, and consolation and desolation is nuanced. But spiritual advantages and disadvantages, that's something most of us can apply to a decision between two good things.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's great. So I'm glad that you brought up all three modes because I think there are some people, especially those that, that kind of operate more on the external. They're more of mm-hmm. the... F- the, on the feelings, the emotional side, they tend to stay with consolation and desolation, mm-hmm. right? And then convince themselves that, 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 that clarity beyond doubt is because of that. And then <laughs> totally leave the rational logical approach of that third mode of saying, well, I want to know the, the spiritual advantages and disadvantages. Right. And I think that's important for people to understand that because uh, uh, good discernment would allow you to kind of uh, leverage and use all three modes Mm -hmm. appropriately right because these are going to be like you said where you have two great i mean think about what you just said hey you were doing what you 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 were living out a call Uh, as a youth minister you're touching many lives you're comfortable it was where your family was at you were in a relationship and 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 you know life was good but then you were being pulled and called to something else and that's difficult if you were just to operate on consolation desolation Right? Without mm-hmm. really having a good self-knowledge and self-awareness of going, well, yeah, this feels a little bit uncomfortable. You know, It's too scary. It's too, uh, there's too much risk. Well, actually writing that down and putting it down, well, really, what is the risk? Is the risk mm-hmm. just me getting out of my comfort zone, me leaving the comfort of my own home, my own family, of, a, of this paycheck versus this other paycheck? Uh, I, I think it's good for people to kind of know the differences between those. So we sh- you guys should go and buy the book, True North right that 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 pathway to discernment from uh from Joel any other uh you know tidbits of information when it comes to discernment Joel because I know a lot of people especially when it comes to relationships um you know there's one thing with vocation and what god's calling you to um but then there's matters of the heart right like is mm-hmm. this person the person that god is wanting me to be with and whenever i approach uh, both my wife nicole and i are involved in marriage preparation Whenever I ask, I ask this it's it's interesting when it's about relationships, I always ask two questions is why are you choosing to marry this person? And you know, everyone's they're my best friend, and you know, I I love them, they make me all googly moogly, whatever it is. And then I say, Well, why are you choosing to marry this person in the church? And then they're like, I've never thought of the question that way. I'm like, because you can get married without being married in the Catholic Church. Why are you choosing to be married in the church? And the reason why we ask that question is because for, the, for us Catholic Christians, we're saying, look, and for those of us called to the married vocation is we're saying, I know for a fact that I trust in God's divine providence, but I know with everything I have through discernment that Nicole is who God chose for me to get me to heaven, right? And, and that's the key thing as you, you've you talked to at the beginning of this. I'm sure that's probably the way you feel about Colleen, right? It's like, hey, there's no doubt in, my, in your mind, no doubt in my mind that it was my spouse, my battle partner, my beloved, who God chose for me was the best way that I was going to be able to get to heaven back to him. So what do you tell you know, some of these, uh, these singles folks out there who may, may be looking at a relationship, uh, marriage, or perhaps are in a relationship where some of, those, um, some of those challenges, those questions in their mind are saying, is this the person for me that God is picking for me to get me to heaven? Any, any thoughts on that?
1: Man, dating is complicated (laughs) today, man. As I run across young single Catholics, y'all are out there fighting the good fight because it's hard. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we have these different movements of the heart and there can be a lot of things influencing us. One great image I love for discerning anything, but especially relationships, is like if you think of a lake, uh, think of – any body of water, maybe like a pond or you have a real, you know, not an ocean, that's not good for this, but like (laughs) something that's an enclosed body of water. You'll see why in a second. Okay. If there's a lot falling into it or a lot of disturbances or a lot of wind, the water's not calm. And if I were to throw a rock into it, Um, you wouldn't necessarily be able to see where the ripples are coming from. And sometimes those rocks are like God's call to us or indications that we're supposed to move on from something. There are ways that God gets our attention. Mm -hmm. So when we're discerning a relationship though, we have to sometimes step back and allow our heart and our, our being to become as calm as it possibly can, Mm -hmm. because there are things that impact how we view our romantic relationships or ultimately that big call. Maybe it's to marriage, maybe it's to the religious life or the priesthood. Mm -hmm. And our whole life is impacted by, uh, by our experience of relationships or our experience of love. And those things cause disturbances on the the body of water Mm -hmm. in a sense. And so if we're trying to discern things without being self-aware of our past, of our history, of what influences that, um, it's going to be almost impossible to figure that out. So if you're discerning like marriage in a relationship or you're discerning if a relationship is the right one to stay in, there are a couple really basic things you can do. The first step is to write down spiritual advantages and disadvantages. Like you you beautifully put, the goal of Nicole, your wife, mm-hmm. is to help you get to heaven and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that's how you kind of have to view it, is does this relationship help me be a holier, happier, healthier person? Mm-hmm. So right away, the, the bad things are going to come up to the top. Like, mm-hmm. well, you know, we're actually, we're having premarital sex. Mm-hmm. That is an indication that, that relationship is not helping you be a holier person Mm -hmm. because there's some, some disordered realities there. Maybe you're like, man, every time I'm around that person, I actually feel really bad about myself. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. All those bad things come to the top. Um, and if those things are the case, well then you have everything you need to know to discern, at least to take a break from the relationship or to end it completely. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's all good. Maybe you're like, ah, it's great. That was the relationship I was in. It wasn't an unhealthy relationship. It wasn't an unholy relationship. But something just didn't seem like "Ah, we're ready to take the jump and be married. So you write down spiritual advantages and disadvantages. And the first step is to be calm and detached. Like Mm -hmm. to say, I'm just going to be aware of my own longing for love or the fact that you know I'm scared of what it might be like to be alone. Or I feel like God maybe is calling me to not be in a relationship for a while, but I I don't know what that means. And help calm the the body of water as best you can. Um, And then to start to write down spiritual advantages and disadvantages and see what things come up that make an impact. Because you're going to write something down as you're praying through this process and you're being open to the Holy Spirit that makes you stop and say, oh, wow, like, this person, they're the person I pray the best around. Mm-hmm. Like, And all these other things, like I'm actually afraid of commitment, um, which I wrote down as a spiritual disadvantage, but that's not a disadvantage. Like being committed to somebody is a a good thing. And mm-hmm. those things start to come out or maybe vice versa. You say, I actually, my prayer life has gotten worse yeah. since I've been, been dating them. And, that, and that's a spiritual disadvantage or, you know, their family isn't isn't of their atheists and that's gonna be struggle. And that again, those things don't negate it, but when we look at them all as a whole, then we might start to feel that movement of the heart that's like, ooh, even though I I love this person, I'm realizing that I'm not gonna help them get to heaven and they're not gonna help me get there. Mm-hmm. And uh and there's somebody better suited to do that.
0: Right. Now I think you you bring up a key point in there as far as uh the impact to somebody's prayer life. So I would imagine, uh, and I would think that you would agree that part of discernment would also mean that you are prayerfully discerning, right? That you're Mm -hmm. spending time um, uh, before, you know, Preferably before the Blessed Sacrament, uh, taking it to Mass with you, taking it in daily prayer and wherever you're silent, you know, sacred silence is where God is going to speak to you in that, that still water, right, as you just described, mm-hmm. um, but also exercising the sacraments, right? I mean, um, these are the gifts of, of Holy Mother Church that we get to have as Catholics that say, look, when you're discerning something and you're, you're really conflicted and you're, you're going through the three modes of discernment, whatever those may be. Uh, you're being prayerful and and you're disposed to the grace that the sacraments offer us, right? We are now in a better position and disposition to hear what God is telling us. Would you agree? Absolutely, and that's John
1: John chapter ten. Jesus talks about being the good shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me. Like, mm-hmm. do you have? Could you hear God's voice? Uh, one of my favorite legendary stories about Saint Francis of Assisi, and there are many, mm-hmm. is Saint Francis is walking with a friend in a crowded marketplace, and as they're walking, Saint Francis. Our lover of nature looks at his friend and says, I hear a couple, I hear cricket chirping. And his (laughs) friend's like, Francis, you're crazy, man. Like, this place is noisy. There's people buying and selling and bartering. There is no way you hear a cricket here. And Francis says, No, I hear a cricket. So they they weave through the busy streets and they go down this alleyway and Francis leans down and picks up a piece of paper and underneath it, sure enough, is a cricket chirping. And his (laughs) friend's just in disbelief. His friend's like, I I can't how? That's how did you hear that? And so St. Francis walks out with uh, a couple of coins in his hand, a couple of small coins, and tosses them high into the air. As the coins hit the ground, they make a sound that's almost imperceptible. uh, But everybody stops, and they get down on their hands and knees and start to frantically look for the coins. And in the silence of the marketplace now, uh, Francis looks at his friend and says, you see, brother, we hear what our ears have been trained to hear. And I love that because so many of us want to discern and hear God's voice, but you're hitting the nail on the head. We aren't doing anything to actively be in a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that has to come first. That's why I go back to that first rule of discernment. So, for anybody who's watching this and is trying to discern something, you have to ask yourself a really big gut check question Where am I headed? like what is my ultimate goal that i'm working towards mm-hmm. is it just to get into the right school is it just to get into the right relationship is it just to make a lot of money and if that's where you're you're pointing your life toward you're not going to hear god's voice and what god is asking of you mm-hmm. but if we root ourselves in the sacraments we take time to read scripture daily even 5 minutes of of the word daily and we take time to pray and be in silence then we start to hear the voice of the shepherd and we start to retrain our ears to hear God's voice in our life. And discernment's impossible without that. So that's the big gut check that people can take away. And and you'd be surprised as people start to do that, even without trying to discern a particular decision, there's decisions that they make daily, the way that they conduct themselves and the way that, you know, you and I see the world, that starts to change uh, very slowly over time as our heart becomes conformed to God's heart. And that's ultimately the goal.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The beatific vision for those of us who are you know, Catholic and we know where, where we're headed, that we have to recognize that everything that we have here on earth is temporal. We're just, we're a pilgrim people, right? So if you ever feel that you've arrived or if you're ever completely comfortable here, then you're missing the point, right? That you've now missed what God is truly calling you to, which is ultimately to be in communion with him. Um, and the beatific vision is, is, should be our end goal when we talk about mm-hmm. being uh, one with our Lord who loves us so much and, and wants nothing more than our true joy, not just our pleasure, happiness, but our true mm-hmm. joy. Um, so Joel, how can people find you and, uh, your ministry and learn more about you, connect to you, uh, and see where you're going to be speaking next?
1: Yeah, absolutely. People can find me. I'm on, uh, active on Twitter at LT underscore J If you just type in Joel Steponic, it'll probably come up. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to post things on Instagram. Um, you can find some of my blogs on lifeteen.com and my ministry there, um, or com uh, has some other blog content as well, and you'll be able to keep up for where I'm going to be next. I've got a really stellar 2018 lined up, and I'm pretty stoked about
0: it. I will also be in February at Relentless, yeah, that's so right. if you're
1: in uh, the Sacramento
0: Area, please join us out for that. Yeah, so um, all of our viewers out here in any any part of Northern California, uh, Joel is going to be joining myself along with several other powerful speakers, Father, Father Gary Thomas, who the right was written after, um, uh, Andrea Vasquez, Patricia Sandoval, who's a, an international speaker on um, on a pro life speaker and uh, has a great great story, um, Brian Kravik, and uh, uh, our worship band uh, Army Ministries out of Churlock. So we'll be at uh, Our Lady of Assumption. Um, in february so i'll be able to be blessed to be able to work uh, side by side with joel again Um, well brother appreciate your time today and uh, thank you for all of your wisdom Um, i you know encourage all of the the viewers to go and uh, pick up joel's book uh true north on the roadmap to discernment to learn a little bit more about how to discern god's calling in your life thank you guys and we'll see you on the next episode